We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. To Knicks Nation on this Monday night. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is upon us. The start of the 2022-2023 season is just around the corner. And on tonight's show, special edition of Knicks Fan TV Live, presented by Manscaped. It is the game of the week preview. And this week's game of the week is obviously the season opener. Knicks going into Memphis, into the grindhouse to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. And so we wanted to preview this game with none other than Brevin Knight. He spent 12 seasons in the league with various teams, including the Memphis Grizzlies, Livingston, New Jersey's own Essex County stand-up, and a Stanford Cardinals standout. Brevin Knight joins us, man, and it is an absolute honor to have him on the show. Brevin, welcome to Knicks Fan TV, man. Appreciate you having me, man. The, the one thing I'm going to say, though, because my, my people back at home will be highly upset. Yeah. I was only born in Livingston. Oh. I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. East Orange. Correct. Mm-hmm. The only, only thing I did in Livingston was go to St. Barnabas Hospital for a couple of days. <laughs> and that's it. Time to get on up out of Livingston, son. Sim, simple and play, man. East Orange, stand up. Well, definitely glad to have a, a local product back here with us. You know, even though you are covering those those Memphis Grizzlies, man. And as, as we touch on the Grizzlies, you know, the, this matchup, there's a lot of intriguing matchups all, all over on both rosters. But for me, it starts with the point guard battle. And that that's John Morant. That's Jalen Brunson. Now, you've gotten a chance to see Jalen Brunson a number of times covering him in the, in the Southwest Division 
first, give me your thoughts on on Brunson and and you know his impact on on this Knicks team, this Knicks roster. Well, uh, the one thing I know that it, it wasn't the big name splash that everybody thought Knicks were, were going to be able to get this summer, but you get a solid basketball player, somebody that that is uh, capable of results. And at the end of the day, you want you want W's. He's been around winning basketball. Uh, a lot of the reason why Dallas was good was, was of course, Luca is who he is. But then conversely, you, you throw it on the other side. It was Jalen Brunson, and that was their one-two punch that they played off of. And he does a great job of getting into the paint. He finishes it at every level, whether it be getting towards the rim, finishing in the mid-level, can shoot the ball out to the three-point line, the high basketball IQ. Uh, so I, I think what they, they didn't gain in maybe name recognition, they got in game recognition because Jalen Brunson has, has a lot of game. Yeah, there's no question, man. And I think the impressions that we've gotten from him so far is just, he just, for first off, he just seems to fit right in. He's only preseason, but he's coming. He seems very steady, doesn't seem to get too rattled. A lot of these guys seem like they're rallying around him. Even the Julius Randle seems to have a Julius Randle kind of uh, calm and even keeled as well. And his paint presence, man, his ability to get into the paint, his ability to knock down high efficiency shots from the mid range and, and at the rim for his size. I mean, talk about that a little bit, you know, with with his size and, and his skill sets and his ability to to get to the rim. I mean, that's got to impress you a little bit. Well, the thing I always say is, is guys of his size, he was always that size. He, he was never it's, it's not it's never it's not the other way around where he probably was the big man until he got into high school and then all of a sudden had to become a guard. It was he was been a guard and has been undersized as he's worked his way up. So, so seeing guys that are bigger, how to finish, he's been doing that. How to play around them, make passes, make plays. He already knows how to do it. He has just been able to take it to the highest level and continue to be successful at it. And so uh, I, I, I tell people, for guys that are smaller, we, we only notice the size difference when we step off the court. Like when, when I step off the court and I go, we go out to dinner with somebody, I start to be like, Damn, bro, you you kind of talk. <laughs> but when we was out there on the court playing, I never I never see that. I just see the game. I I, I don't I don't see oh well you're tall and I'm small. And so uh, I think the same mentality goes for Jalen Brunson. And, and you know the one thing area where he hurt us when he was in Dallas was he lived in the paint. And, and whether it was scoring, drawing defenders, and then whether it's his getting a shot, a drop off, but it led to offensive rebounds. And, and you guys with Mitchell Robinson and one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. So it also helps in that area, forcing help that allows other guys a chance to eat. Yeah, and, and that's going to be an intriguing matchup, especially for, for Morant, because I kind of see it as, you know, the physical play of a, of a Brunson. You have the speed and tenacity of a John Morant. You know, what are some of the things you, you think a Taylor Jenkins might do to kind of scheme, you know, Brunson away from his strengths? Well, the, the, the biggest thing is you want to try to keep him away from his left hand as much as possible. And, it, and if you can keep him to your right hand, then at least every shot going right is coming back to a defender's face. Uh, you're making him have to finish with right-hand floaters instead of his comfortable left hand. But also you got to make right-hand passes going that way so you don't have to throw through the body. So as much as they can try to keep him right-hand, they would like to do. But the, the matchup in and of itself, we'll see how much they match up. But, but, but the, the difference is, we all know, Morant, his game is predicated on his speed, on his athleticism, but also his smarts with the game of how to use it. Because I tell people, you can go out there and run fast all the time. But some t- at some point, 
got to change speeds. And that's the other thing that he does a fantastic job of. So uh, the, the way the Knicks had success last year in some way of defending was crowding the, play, crowding the paint and using their size and length. And, and so uh, the Grizzlies have to move the ball well, make sure they move bodies well so that those creases are there for Ja to exploit. Absolutely. Now, and on, on real quick, on the, on the defensive end with Ja, you know, obviously he, he doesn't have the size. You see the blocks, you know, some of the outstanding blocks that he made throughout the season. But it just seems like, you know, even though he has his his, his deficiencies, he seems like he still tries to compete out there on the defensive end. You know, that's certainly been noticeable in me watching a couple of the preseasons game by the Grizzlies is that, you know, you're not going to be locked down by any stretch. But he's out there scrapping. He's fighting. He's fighting for loose balls. He's out there, you know, really putting some tenacity out there on the defensive end. And it seems like the guys kind of rally behind that. Yeah, whenever you talk about people getting better from year to year, a lot of times you only talk about the offensive side. But but there are other areas to get better, and it's on the defensive side. And from him, it was, as you said, not going to ask him to lock anybody down. We're not asking you to expend your energy on that end of the floor, but just be a consistent defender, be in the right place defensively, whether that is on the ball or off the ball. And But then that same quickness, the length, the anticipation that he uses on the offensive end uh, is something that he could adapt to use, adopt to using on the defensive side. And in the preseason, we've seen that coming up with blocks, not just the rundown, chase the highlight, blocking jump shots with using that, getting in the passing lane, using his quickness to come up with steals. And so if he can just be disruptive in the right position defensively, then that, that's all the team can ask for. And then from there, though, that, doesn't, that means that they don't have to overhelp that gets you into rotation, that then eventually it forces your defense to break down. And this, this preseason, you've seen a lot better dedication to consistent defense from him throughout the minutes that he played. Now, Brevin, you, you, we mentioned how the Knicks like to crowd the paint, right? And John Morant, you talked about how he likes to use his speed, his athleticism to attack the rim and to draw defenders in. One of Jaws' games that people have been questioning is his jumper. We know that he's not the, that's not his strong suit. Uh, from pull-up twos last season, he shot 38.8% uh, from the field. Do you think, think Jaws is going to come into the season with the better jumper, or, or do you think that's going to be the next strength just to force Jaw just to take a lot of mid-range jumpers? I mean, that's why you brought up clog in the paint, right? Uh, well, yeah, that's, that of course, is you, you, you want to take away a person's strength and force them to a, a lesser part of their game. But the lesser part for him of right now, of course, is perimeter shooting. And that's just in percentages. Uh, but, but he doesn't – if you start to say, well, what percentage of your game is jump shots as opposed to drives to the basket, now those numbers can become skewed in some way. I tell everybody, we, if you, you, you can get into numbers. I can make those numbers say whatever I want to say. And so for him, the biggest thing is it is being a threat to make those shots. And I thought what he did in year two was he made himself a threat to make those shots. Year three, now what do you do in terms of making shots? And then you move forward, uh, you just want your percentages to go up. And I think for him it went from not really attempting them to attempting them to making them. And now you want where does your percentage go? And so uh, he, he, he won't be afraid to take the threes. This team is going to continue to, to encourage him to take threes, especially when teams go underneath, and he's shown the ability to make them. So, yes, the next natural progression is step-in jump shots. I come off, step-in, left, right, pull up. I'm going left, step-in, right. Yeah, that's, that's up because he has figured out how to make floaters. 
He's figured out how to get shots in the paint. Uh, he's figured out how standstill threes to feel comfortable. But that next level of now you want to become one of the greatest, yeah, those are all levels that he'll add to his game. But they are levels that we've seen improvement every year as a pro. We're talking to Brevin Knight, who covers the Grizzlies for Bally Sports Southeast. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up on Free Boys. Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. Uh, now, Brevin, you know, the, the one thing about the Grizzlies last year is it, they showed a, a great sense of resiliency especially when John Morant was injured. They were able to, to weather the storm, a very deep roster, a very deep bench. Now they're coming into the season without Jaron Jackson Jr. for a little while. He's on the mend with a foot injury. Uh, some people are saying maybe early December is, is a time frame that he may come back. Uh, how do you see them kind of weathering the storm without their defensive spark plug in a Jaron Jackson Jr.? They're going to do it by committee, same way they did it last year with the games that John Morant missed. They're going to rely on their bench and – uh, to start off the year, Santi Aldama will be uh, tasked with being in that four position. Who he's he's about a six six ten six eleven, uh, long like Jaron, shoots the ball from the perimeter, can put the ball on the floor. Is a good defender, has some of the same qualities as Jaron, just not to the level of a player as Jaron Jackson Jr. But but after that, then it becomes a crapshoot of matchups. Are they able to play smaller? and just play one big with Tillman or you play Brandon Clark? Uh, do you, how do you use uh, Xavier? How do you use him uh, through, the, through it all? Uh, so it's, I think while Jaron is out, there will, there will be the starting lineup. But then after that, it is depending on matchups, how they're able to get through it. And like you said, they're going to depend on their longevity of how long the group has been together, their camaraderie. They're, they've been in situations where they've been uh, shorthanded and had to figure out ways to win games, and they did. And so, uh, I think a, a huge signing for us was tight was being able to re-sign Tyus Jones, mm. uh, our, our backup point guard. And and by having him, that just gives you a, a, a nice soundboard and, and someone that you know can make sure that things will run right uh, when Morant's off the floor. Now, not only did the Memphis Grizzlies, or not only are they out with Triple J to begin the season, but they also lost Kyle Anderson. Uh, yeah. this offseason to the Minnesota Timberwolves. How do you think that will impact the Memphis Grizzlies coming not only into this game, but this season? Uh, it, it's going to hurt because we he was the ultimate Swiss Army knife for us in that uh, he was a playmaker. He defended multiple positions, uh, scored big baskets when they needed, started to shoot the three a lot better with more confidence uh, last season. So uh, we, we'll miss his leadership uh, on the floor also. And so that's where – you know, you're going to ask – Zaire's going to have to do more on the floor for this team in terms of scoring and playmaking the ball in his hand. Desmond Bain is going to do more in that way. Dylan Brooks uh, is going – so everyone is going to have to do a little bit more to make up for what Kyle did, but also what De'Anthony Melton. We yeah, lost Melton him in was the a trade big, big to, loss. Yep. Yeah, to the Philadelphia Philly. 76ers. And so that those two key pieces – uh, meant that, yes, there's playing time for other people. John Conchar is going to be good. But I, I, I don't think there's anyone that you say they'll do exactly what those guys did. But we have enough guys to make up for how much they the, the production that they were able to have on a nightly basis. Yeah, and, and I think what I admire about this team is that, you know, they were a top five team in, in offense and defense. But it just seems like whether you go big with an Adams at the five or you go smaller with a Clark, 
you know, sometimes teams will, they're going to play to their strengths. And if they play small ball, you, you may compromise on rebounds. You may compromise on defense. Uh, but it seems like with, with the Grizzlies, whether they go big or they go small, they still seem to maintain, you know, the, those strengths. And it's on the boards, the offensive glass. They're getting out in transition. They can still run. It's a very, very versatile team. Uh, it's, it's the culture that Taylor Jenkins and his staff has created in, in terms of everybody from 1 to 17 has a level of importance on this team. And he proves it by giving everybody a chance in the <clears> game. It's not too many coaches in the league that's going to give everybody an opportunity to shine. And if what you do with it is what you do with it, and then they have to make decisions from there. So I give Taylor a lot of credit for the success that this team has, John Morant, yes, has been the engine that's, that, has, that has driven this. But there's, there's a mastermind behind the scenes that has, that has pushed the right buttons. And it starts from Zach Kleiman and, and what, the, what our, GM, our GM and what the front office has been able to do. But it's trickled down to Taylor and what his staff has been able to do with this team. Because it, you don't see teams that are as young as we are had the amount of success that, that this team has been able to have over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, no question about it. And I, I think you said something that, that's going to ring in Knicks fans' ears and we're going to hear about it in the comment section after this show, and that is the fact that a, a Taylor Jenkins gives a lot of opportunities to the younger players, to the drafteds, to, you know, the guys that, that may be unsung or, or, you know, second round late picks. I think that was that's one of the issues that the fans have had with, with Tom Thibodeau is that, um, you know, uh, he, he's very selective with how he plays certain young players. You know, the, the playing time doesn't come as liberally. He claims it, it's a merit-based system, but, you know, then other times he'll, he'll lean on, on certain guys. And so I think that could be something that, as we look at roster compositions and how this Grizzlies team has been built. You've seen this team, you've been covering this team over the last, you know, 12 years. You've seen the transition from the grindhouse, from Conley and, and Zebo and those guys, Gasol, and now they've rebuilt with a core of a Morant, a Jackson, a Bain, a Zaire Williams. You know, Brandon Clark just gets his deal. 54 wins, second in the West. It's pretty impressive. Well, the thing is, I think you have to, to know the, the attitude and the demeanor of who you get. We all, the, Tibbs, that, that, that has been Tibbs his entire career. He's not big on young guys. A lot of veteran coaches are that way. Mm. We got a guy that's a young coach, first-time coach. All he knew was, this is all we know is this young team. It's all we have. The, the, the thing with, with Tibbs is he has options to choose veteran guys over young guys. And, he's, and when you're in a situation when an organization needs to win now, you're not looking to say, that, well, let's give these young guys a chance and let's see what happens with that. You're trying to say, who's proven what can happen? And so I think you guys got a, a, a different dynamic working in New York in that You'll say, yeah, we want young guys, but if you're going to play young guys, you got to be willing to lose. And then well, when you're willing to lose, as they get better, then you, you're able to see what happens. Or you're in a position like, yo, we ain't won in a long time. We need to win right now. So I'm going to keep putting it on the floor to people that have proven it. But sometimes, so I, I just, I got a big dynamic there in, in New York. But, but I can tell you this, on paper, I say it again, you may not have gotten the, the splash names, but you got enough names and a good and enough of competitive players on a team that should be a very competitive team the entire season. 
That's for sure. I mean, I think we saw we got to see a glimpse of that through uh, preseason right now to see what Jalen Brunson can offer this team and how he can just steer the ship and just create opportunities for both Randall, RJ, whoever on offense, which we were missing last season because a lot of it was just running through Randall because Kemba Walker, didn't, unfortunately, didn't work out here. You had Alec Burks, right. who's not a traditional point guard in the sense. So now I think fans are, are starting to see what Jalen Brunson can offer. And after not having a point guard since Raymond Felton, although the, the moniker around here is 20 years that we haven't had a point guard, I think <laughs> fans are now starting are happy that we have someone to, to steer this ship. But I just want to ask you a question about the Grizzlies because CP brought it up and, and you were talking about where you the, the Grizzlies went from the grit and grind and they went through this rebuild. And right. every time I hear about rebuild, I hear about, well, you can do it in a small market because it's a small market, you know, it's not as big as New York. The fans are looking for win now product. Do you do you think that's true in Memphis? Or do you think that the Grizzlies were just at the right time where they experimented enough with the grit and grind Grizzlies and it was just time to go young and build something new? Well, well first we got to say it was – we thank the ping pong balls or whoever, whatever that lottery system was, because we went from supposing to have the eighth pick and went all the way, jumped up to the second pick in order to be able to, to select John Morant when we did. So when you're able to grab a player of his caliber, that accelerates everything that you were doing. Yeah. And so were they on the right path? Yeah, they were doing the right things. You had Jaron Jackson Jr. They were able to pick up, Brandon Clark. You found some other we, – we, we were finding nice pieces to the puzzle. Had some veteran guys. And then you get the splash. And then it's like, oh, shit, we got we to gotta, we gotta keep – now we got to move forward with this guy right now. And, and, you know, I think that his – he was so good that it was different than any other young team situation that you'll ever see. Like this is, this is, uh, this is kind of when LeBron went to Cleveland, it was just like well, – he just changed everything. Nobody – he was a 19-year-old kid, but it changed, we had the same thing. We, we had a kid come in at 20 that changed everything. Your mindset, the thoughts of how we were going to be, the organization. We went from a team that I would say Memphis Grizzlies, people like, what is that? And like NBA, to where now it's, you can't – we can't go anywhere and people not know who the Grizzlies are. And so I, I think we had a special player that changed the dynamic of young teams and where they're going. But what I give our guys credit for, they had the splash, big name, flashy player, but they found a whole bunch of substance guys that were young players, and they didn't keep going for the one-and-done kid. Mm. That's the difference in what, with what our team has done. Mm. Brandon Clark, four years. Desmond Bain, four years. Yeah. Xavier Tillman, uh, I think Tillman's three or four years. Yeah. Our, on, our only one-and-done young, super young guy was Jaron and Josh. After that, all of our rookies are all older rookies. Mature. And so they 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 put they had a plan. That's why I say I went back and gave Zach Kleiman his credit because they they had a, an idea and they worked this plan. This and the model of what they want has worked to a T. But it has worked to a T because we got lucky with a with a an absolutely dynamic player. Yeah, well, luck is a major factor in it, man. No question about it. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We are talking to 12-year NBA veteran East Orange's own Brevin Knight. Brevin Knight covers the Grizzlies <laughs> for Bally Sports Southeast, man. We are previewing this week's Game of the Week, Knicks 
headed into Memphis to take on the Grizzlies for the season opener. Uh, you know, one of the guys that that uh, in this young core that had a really solid sophomore year is Desmond Bain. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on Desmond Bain, and, and where do you see him going in, in year three? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Just a, just another one of those guys that came to the league ready to play his rookie year. He, he came in with a chip on his shoulder, very similar to a lot of the guys. With that chip, he never let it hurt him in terms of becoming a better player, and it didn't hurt the team. But he worked his way into the lineup. And then something that the team has done a good job of back-to-back summers, when they've had a two-guard that's a score, but they want them to work on their ball handling, we use summer league, take no point guard in summer league, they become point guards in the summer league. They did it with Desmond. They did it with Zaire last summer. And so mm. that is that has enabled those guys to be able to change their game from just being scores to now being playmakers. And I think Desmond came in as a shooter. And, and we've seen he is way more than just a shooter. He moves well without the basketball. And he can score whether it's off the dribble, one dribble, getting to the basket. Uh, and, and defensively, he's done a good job of being of taking a lot of pride and shutting down opposing two guards. So, yeah, he's been he's been a revelation. But, but again, a, a guy that came in that was ready mentally and physically to play the game of basketball and it just kept get, getting better every year. Now I thought now another guy that's impressed like impressed me that I thought was a great signing for the Grizzlies was Steven Adams. Just a yes. good defender, awesome rebounder, good post presence. You know, I feel like he was winning a lot of the tip offs every single game last <laughs> season. Every time I tune in to watch the Grizzlies. How has Steven Adams impacted this this Grizzlies team? Well, uh, for Steven, he kind of just continues this line. The the one thing that has kind of stayed 
true in, in, through this whole Memphis Grizzlies run is we had Marc Gasol, who was talented at the top of the key, could be a playmaker as a big you would play through. Good, decent rebounder, good perimeter big. Then we move on to Jonas Valanciunas, who was a physical dominating big, who also was a good playmaker from the elbow. Now you could use him in the post a little bit more than you would, Mark, uh, but dominated on boards. And then we, the next big you come in with Steven Adams, who I've known Steven Adams since he was at Pittsburgh because my brother Brandon coached him when he was at Pittsburgh. So mm. I've known him for a long time. And so we get another physical big who is mobile, but also is a playmaker from the elbow. So offensively, you still have a guy that you can throw the ball to, that you now the paint is clear, he had backdoor cuts, he makes the right passes, dribble handoffs to a big body, easy score. So uh, I think he fits exactly the mode. He still is the grit and grind of Memphis basketball. We still is the, the grit and grind is still there. It's just in a different way. He he still harnesses that the toughness side of grit and grind and the physical play that that you still have to have. And what I like is no matter what the starting lineups of the opposing teams, he starts every game for this Grizzlies team. And he is a he's a guy that they need to be aggressive on the offensive end in terms of rolling hard to the basket on screens. He gets extra possessions with offensive rebound. He's a great outlet player from defensive rebound. So I think that he just he has fit in perfectly with what this team needs to go along with all of the speed and fast play, you still need a level of physicality, and he brings that. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big matchup to watch, man. It's going to be the big man battle between he and Mitchell Robinson, and because Mitch yes. is going to have to keep him off the boards. You know, we, we know Memphis's bread and butter is their offensive rebounds, being able to get second chance points. The half court offense is an area of weakness, so they've got to be able to slow them down from getting those second chance points and, and getting Ja out there in transition where he's just going to be a speed demon. Yeah, well, Mitchell Robinson, though, really hurts, especially in New York last year, really did a great job with his rebounding, changing shots when yeah. guys got to the basket. And so that's why even more of the emphasis of Stephen Rowland because Mitchell is going to come to block shots. That's, that is what he does. And so as he comes, you got to go. He comes, you go every time. And so uh, it's, it's going to be tough because the one thing that, that, is, that is a hindrance for the Grizzlies is – size of their opponents and the one thing that the Knicks have is they have size at their wing position no Jalen Brunson is but after Jalen Brunson I mean you, you start talking Derrick Rose is the only other one I think IQ with his long arms yeah he gets still length out on he still has that on the floor so it, it that was another area that bothered the Grizzlies with the Knicks last year and that's why I said the movement offensively the Grizzlies can't be stagnant and allow guys to just sit and watch the ball they have to be worried about where they're moving so they still have those lanes. How about R.J. Barrett? He's a guy who's in uh, in John Moran's draft class. He also got the bag this year, four years, uh, close to $120 million. Uh, what you thought about R.J. Barrett? You know, he may draw Dylan Brooks and vice versa uh, on this matchup, but how do you feel about R.J. Barrett going into this season? Well, well I, I was happy that they that – they, uh, they continued to at least give them a chance that, that people didn't, you know, it didn't start off just as a, a, a blast off and everybody's going to love him. Uh, the way he plays, his game is not super flashy, but he's super effective. And, and I'll say the one other area where New York has advantage, you have so many left-hand players on your guys' team that play major roles that 
that's another option. That's another weapon that you go to because it's, it's different for all of us. We're accustomed to everything right hand. You guys, you guys got three guys that'll be on the floor that'll do things from the opposite side of the floor and work that way. But, but I think RJ has found the, the ability to mix his game up, whether that is getting to the basket, whether that's standstill jump shooting, uh, and then with his size, the ability, the ability to see over defenders, he can make plays. So uh, I, I just think that he, like we talk about Morant, Desmond Bain, those guys that every year you see them get a little bit better. I think for him it's getting a little bit better. He's gotten better. At some point in time, has to, it has to be ingrained in him that you are an alpha on this team. And everyone else has to understand that he is an alpha on this team. Understand Julius Randle, what he has done. But you're now, you're now the Draymond Green glue guy that has more skill, that's still a little more athletic. You got these other guys. that, And so I think if, if they can get him to that mentality, then you guys can see a guy that you were looking for a splash. I think you, you have the splash in-house. Just can you cultivate, cultivate him it. to being that? Yeah, no, no question about it. And, you know, this preseason, it's only preseason, but he seems to be looking good, man. He's finishing with the right hand, finishing well, an area of his game that he wants to work on, the catch and shoot. I think he's shooting close to about 30% from three in the preseason. So that's very encouraging because he's going to get those opportunities with Brunson, you know, collapsing yes. defenses on his drives into the paint. And so a guy like an RJ Barrett, he stands to benefit from that. Hopefully he can knock those down. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be good, and and at the end of the day, I still think it'll it'll come down to the mentality of Julius Randle. Uh, if, if he comes in and just straight plays basketball, forget all the other stuff is on the side, then I think I think that he is as versatile as, as anybody in the league today with, with what he can do on the floor in terms of those playing at every level, and then also on the defensive side, he can defend multiple positions with with his his quickness, his size. Uh, and, and so I, I think if, if he stays level-headed, uh, the topping kid is, is, is intriguing to me and what, what, how you play those, what that rotation will look like yeah. at some point in time. And then, you know, you guys went out and, and got Cam Reddish last year, and I know that wasn't big for Tibbs. It's not what he likes, but he's another one of those guys that, that you say, mm, there's something there. But I go down the list and you keep seeing all these guys, the one thing that I take from it is, all these dudes are six, 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 seven, and above. I wish that we had more wing <laughs> players on our team with that type size length. Man, we didn't even talk about Evan Fournier with his shooting. That's why I said you can go down the names on, on the roster, and yeah. and, uh, and and I, I hope that the Knicks uh, have a successful season, except for Game One, because my <laughs> best friend is a diehard Knicks fan, and, and I just I hate to see him. Uh, in the way that he has been the last couple of years. Let's go, man. Hopefully he's, he's excited about this season, as a lot of our Knicks fans are. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of players coming off the bench, and I think the battle of the benches could be a key in this game as well because we'll see a retooled Grizzlies bench. We'll see if Zaire Williams, he's battling the back injury, see how he comes back. Obviously, you have the steady hand in the Tyus Jones. You have Xavier Tillman, the guys of that nature. But on the Knicks side, uh, you have a Quentin Grimes who may not play. Uh, he's battling a, a foot injury, recovering from there. Obi Toppin may not play either. And so guys like a Cam Reddish, you'll have Derrick Rose, you have Manuel quickly coming off the bench. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, their new backup big. Um, yep. You know, it's going to be an interesting battle of the benches, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. We, we, we rely heavily on our bench. Uh, it, it is a, it's a huge reason why, why we were successful last year. It's a reason why they've been successful the last couple of seasons. And, and a lot of those unheralded names, John Conchar, a name that'll, that'll be big and, and not people don't know, great rebounding guard, 
makes every right play on the floor. And so that those, those little nuances have allowed the Grizzlies to be successful. And I think it's what they're going to, to fall back on again, especially as to start the year until Jaron gets back. And, you know, you talk about and that even the, the bench, you know, right for the Grizzlies, they're all young. This entire team is young and they're able to get out and out in space. They're able to run up and down the court. All I'd say in the half court was where they, they struggled for the most part last season. Are you expecting an, uh, an improvement in that area for this team coming into the season? Yeah, I, I think it's the understanding of what you're trying to get accomplished and how. And, and, and what I mean by that is what areas of the floor you're trying to get John into? Where do we want Jaron on the floor? How do we? How are we going to work Desmond Bain into it? And so a lot of it, and a lot of what we saw in the preseason was the, the movement within the half-court set. They run very well in transition sort of got stagnant and, and, and watched in half-court sets. And, and so that's something that they have really tried to, to hammer home. And, and so we'll see as the season goes along, if they can get that movement, if they can get guys, then, that, then that'll help them offensively to step into for rhythm shots and, and play in that nature. But it's hard. When you are a fast-breaking team, some, there's going to be a, a give somewhere. They're so good in the fast break. They're so good, whether it's forcing turnovers, getting out and running, you miss shots, outlet run, that there is a little bit of slippage once you get into half-court sets. And that's where I think the youth of the team will take a step this year. Whereas in the past, it was all learning. It's easy to play fast basketball. It's a lot harder when it's set, everybody's there. They know exactly what play you're going to run. How do you counter it? I think as they've gotten older, they'll be a lot better with countering what other teams do defensively. But even for a fast team last season, they won a lot of games. They were second in the West Crazy. with 56 wins. And, you know, if they if they improve their half-court game, what do you expect this team's win total? Do you expect them to be right back up there at the top again? Uh, what's the expectations for the Grizzlies coming well, into this season? Well, expect for them to be – expect for them to compete. The, the thing that you can't – you can't tell is what are the rest the other teams going to do. I yeah. mean, the rest of the West, the other teams in the West have gotten better just within our division with, with New Orleans getting better. Dallas is still going to be good with Luka. The Clippers, they're going to, the Lakers, if they can stay healthy, what will they look like? Uh, Denver gets Porter and uh, the little guard, oh, I forget his name, Jamal Murray. They get, they get them back. And so the, the other teams in the West will dictate a lot of what happens. But will, do I expect for them to still compete to be a top six team in the West? Yes. Uh, and, and and that is, uh, with this new playoff format, that's really what you play for. Of course, you want to play for as high as you can be, but you want to be top six so you don't have to play in a situation. Yeah. And I think they're a top six Western Conference team. No question about it, man. So, But we're, we're definitely looking forward to this matchup. Knicks six and a half point underdogs going into Memphis, man, to kick off the season October 19th. And ladies and gentlemen in the chat, just remember that on the 19th right here in New York City, Knicks Fan TV presents the Knicks opening night watch party at the 4040 Club. CP the franchise, Alex, JD, a host of special guests. We're going to be giving away prizes and we'll be watching the game. We watching the whole game, man. So everybody come out. It's free entry with RSVP. Make sure you guys go to betktftv.com to um to secure your spot. RSVPs are flying off the shelf, Al. So all you guys at home, make sure you got one more day to get your RSVPs in, and it's gonna be a great time. Uh so Brevin, we we definitely appreciate this uh this show. 
Hopefully we have you on uh, more more often, man. You're a local guy. Yeah, man. We got we got to do it, no man. Problem. A lot of people respected your NBA career as have I, man. So so you know it was an honor to have you on the show. But before we let you go, there's one thing we got to talk about, man. And and Al, what's I'm, up, Al? I'll let you have your time. Al. I'll let you have your time in a minute. But yes, I know yesterday, where this is going. good gracious, I stepped into <laughs> MetLife Stadium. The weather was yes. shining. It was nice. I had a nice tailgate. I had a good feeling about what was going to happen. We walked in there. We upset the Ravens. Five and one. MetLife was rocking. My guy, Kayvon Thibodeau, he got the strip sack. We were waiting for him to get the sack. Finally got it when the game counted. Julian Love playing like a beast. Come on, Brevin. Talk talk to me about this New York Giants, man. Listen, man, it's been a long time, bro, since we can sit and talk about the Giants, bro. Usually five five wins is a season. Right. Right. You feel me? Yeah, so right. to have five wins this early in the year, bro, I'm, I'm walking around on cloud nine. <laughs> so I, I I love Thibodeau. I tell everybody, I know what Michael Parsons is doing. Yeah. Watch this Thibodeau kid as he keeps just understanding the game. He may not – he's not Michael Parsons right now. Right. But has all the gifts and tools to be there. And every game you watch him play, he's influencing the game a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more. Just get more and more so comfortable. It, it, to, to me, listen, as, as real Giants fan. We don't expect no blowouts. Right. We expect it's going to be a grind game. It's gritty. I want the defense to play well. And the only thing I asked for, this is what I said. People were like, yo, you, y'all need a new quarterback. I was like, this is what I'm trying to tell y'all. I don't know if we need a new quarterback because yeah. ain't nobody blocked for him. I don't care who right. the hell And who's he throwing there. to? <laughs> was, that's what I'm saying. We, we got so I, – I am not – I can't say Daniel Jones is not good because Daniel Jones has been running for his life for four years. Yeah. This is the yeah. fifth year. This, the fifth year we finally could stand there and say, man – Maybe I could throw a pass. Yeah, but but other than that, it's I, I am. They're doing. It's sort of like so. You look at some teams. You say you get it done by big names. The Rams won last year. They had a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but name you come back this year. The names it just ain't it ain't working the same. But can you build something? And I think that's what Dayball is 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 is, brill, is, is building, and, and with the Giants is that something that can be sustainable. Yeah. and that's what makes me excited. They, they seem to be in lockstep with this coach. You got to love to see it, man. I love Sa- Saquon's putting the team on his Saquon back. Saquon healthy. Sa- Saquon good, healthy. Man. You know, and, and the Jones thing is it's, it's so perplexing because, like you said, it's hard to say, okay, don't bring him back. Do you bring him back? Because the offensive line, he's still under pressure, even though Neil and Thomas are playing fairly well. And then you can't name one receiver out there that, that he's throwing to. But the one thing I could say is that despite all of that, he seems to be cutting down on the boneheaded turnovers. You know, yes. his pocket presence seems to be improving. And so that's encouraging, like man. The, the good, the good. You see, remember he came back last year and he had the hurt ankle. And what I think what hurt him was he couldn't run. And so if you just make him a pocket passer, then I don't think he's as good. Yeah. But he, like a lot of these, like a lot of these quarterbacks now, he's able to move and make plays on the move. Or sure, he's our he can be our one of our big time rushers. Green Bay, I don't know what the heck. Or Whoever it was, we kept getting the bootleg every game, yeah. every play, until, yeah. until they finally clipped it. They yeah. clipped them late in the game where they got them. But, I mean, it's just – it's a nice – it's hard for me to evaluate him with what he has had in front of him and, like you said, what he's been able to throw to. Because who else who else could have done better than what yeah. he has done? I'm, I'm just happy to see some success for my G-men. Yeah. I'm just happy that after week three, the season is, isn't, you know, straight jump dumpster. It ain't over, right? You can still watch. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying? You can still watch, man. 
Yeah, well, that's been- I, you, know, you know what? I watch it, bro. I watch it, and even when we're not playing that well in the first half, I, I sit there like, "That's cool." They gonna yeah. go wink, gonna wink, gonna go in there. He gonna make his adjustments. Yeah, we about to come out. We'll be all right. Shit, I ain't never, I ain't felt like that since Parcells. Resilient group, man. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you gloat about your Jets, oh, man. I'll give you a couple oh, thank minutes. You, thank I, you. I'll, I'll oh, give you a couple me, minutes, let me, man. Let me, let me get ready for oh, this. Because right. the Jets stop written, stop written in our stadium, man. Oh, man. First of all, I just want to say that we we actually held Aaron Rodgers to one touchdown this past weekend that was given by the refs. If you watch that game, the amount of holding by the offensive line was grotesque. Sheesh. But you want to talk about talent, guys. How about Sauce Gardner on the defensive uh, side? So you guys are nice. watching nice. Sauce yeah. has been nice, yeah, man. Nice. Sauce, nice. we top corner. We got a top duo in the backfield on the defensive side between DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. Our front seven's doing work. We got the Williams brothers. Quinn and Williams just bulldozing guys over. We could have killed Aaron Rodgers yesterday, <laughs> but that's why they allowed all the holding. It's okay. It's okay, Green Bay. It's okay. We own that stadium now. We, we did the deed. Ah, all right. It's all go, good. Man. It's all good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for uh, for the other team. I'm really I'm happy for y'all, man. It's I ain't gonna lie to you. I haven't seen people root for the Jets since Joe Klecko. It's, it's been wow. it's, the it's, 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 <laughs> it's been a long time, man. Since since I seen people so so for all those Jets fans, it's the same way I feel for Knicks fans. Look, I I love my Grizzlies. I love back home. I want Knicks fans to have something to root for. The Mets fans. I want for the Yankees, all, everybody back in the Northeast. I want y'all to have some. And Jets fans, y'all need it more than anyone. So so for you, Alex, I'm happy for you, man, that you appreciate take it. that hat. That hat was in the back of the closet long enough. I'm looking at it. Hey, I'm man. Dust that thing off, man, and put it on. You, be, you best believe that I was having to dust this hat off this season, all right? I had the sweatshirts in the closet for a while. I couldn't walk around just – you want to talk about five? If we got five, that would be, that's a success of a season. I was like, hey man, we get we get seven wins. They had the Jets at five and a half this year. Yeah, on the for wins, we're we're gonna do that. So I'm not even. We're, we're gonna go to Denver. We're gonna show Russell Wilson what it's like to actually have a you know a successful team. And, and, and Broncos Nation, uh, let's ride whatever that is. They can just put all the ponies back in the stable and let them chill there. It's ridiculous out there right now. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, I'm happy for y'all. I'm happy. Well, Brevin, man, as we said, this was a great show. Appreciate all the insight you gave us, man, and, and hopefully we, we could do this again. Yeah, we'll do it again, man. Y'all have a good one, all right? All right, man. Have a good night. Good luck to the Grizz. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brevin Knight. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys, man. Great show. Had a solid, solid preview. Knicks game of the week, man. Knicks going up against the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Let us know what you guys think. Leave us your comments in the comment section. What are you guys thinking about this game? What are some of your keys to the game? We wanted to do this one tonight so that we give you guys a couple of days, three days to let this one marinate. Give it a watch and uh, let us know what you guys think. But as I said... Wednesday is the big day. Dress rehearsals over. Preseason is over. And all roads lead to the 4040 Club here in New York City. If you're in New, Jer- New York, New Jersey, tri-state area, Alex is coming down from, from Boston. No excuses. All no excuses. roads lead to the 4040 Club, man. Free to get in. Go to betkftv.com to RSVP. It is free, free, free. And we are giving away prizes. One of the prizes we are giving away, I'm giving away two tickets to the Knicks home opener 
against the Pistons, but you gotta be in attendance to claim yours when we do the giveaway. And uh, I've, I've had a couple other people hit me up. They want to do giveaways as well. So it's gonna be a great time. The show's gonna be great. We got a lot of people in attendance. We got special guests lined up for pregame and postgame. It is going to be it. Trust and believe, people. So make sure that you guys have RSVP'd and you make your way down to the 4040 Club. No doubt about it, bro. No doubt about it. It's All right, be a great time. Yeah, that definitely gonna be a great time, man. Uh, remember that the show is also available in audio podcast format, so no reason to miss it. If you miss it on video, shout out to the replay gang. You could catch it in audio, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major ones. Shout out to Swain Yang in the chat. His excellent interview. Shout out to Swain Yang for the super chat. Definitely appreciate it. And we're going to be back on tomorrow to, to wrap up our player expectation series. Like I said, I wanted to do this one first just so that it could um, stay a little bit fresher and, and uh, we can prepare for a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a good game, man. I think it's going to be a very good game. Knicks are six and a half point dogs. I'm going for the upset. I don't care. Shout out to oh, Tighten 100%. Up. Yeah, shout out to Tighten Up. Says, go Grizzlies. Good luck to the Knicks. Uh, Tighten Up also says, OMG, that's Brevin Knight, one of my favorite Grizzlies. See, we got Grizzlies fans in here watching this. Here now. we go. Number one show for the fans by the fans. Um, oh, we missed this one. Sorry, Russell Ruski says, what does Brevin think of David Roddy? My fault. I missed that that uh, super chat. Um, how many charges will Brunson get on Ja? That's a good, that's a good question. I'm going two. Over, under, I'm going two. Wow. I'm going two, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll wrap up our, our player expectation series and we'll do our season predictions. MVP, uh, MIP, six man, no rookie of the year this year, but we'll talk about it anyway. And we'll take your phone calls, man. Number one show for the fans by the fans. CP Alex, we out of here. Great show. Appreciate every night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.